please can you remind me if you'll if you'll be so kind staring out into space asking god to hear my case trying to think of all things past how long will my memory last the purple angel Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. This is your host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks, Lori LeBay. Um, welcome to our show today. We're going to have a great conversation about um, the importance of including kids in on conversations and care when it comes to uh, family members with dementia. Um, but before I introduce our guest, I always like to give people an update on what we're up to at Alzheimer Speaks and who we are, because we're always getting new listeners. So for those of you that are new to our show, Alzheimer Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort worldwide. And we believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and just having these everyday conversations about life with dementia, like we're having today, we're going to be able to remove stigmas and, um, <clears throat> and help people just live a much better life um, filled with purpose, which they deserve. And all of your questions and comments and, and input are so critically important. At our core, we believe collaboration is really the only way we're going to win this battle against dementia. And we know that it's working. Um, because of all of your likes, your clicks, your shares with your Facebook friends, your LinkedIn colleagues, your Twitter tribe, your Pinterest circles and, and Google circle um, <clears throat> infrastructure, it's really spreading the word of what we're doing here on Alzheimer's Speak. So I really thank you for that because the more information that can be at people's hands, the easier it's going to be for them to reach out and grab it uh, when they are in need. And due to your sharing, we were named the number one influencer online regarding Alzheimer's, um, according to ShareCare and Dr. Oz. So again, I, I can't thank you enough for for supporting us and um, and pushing this information out to your your sphere of influence. It's absolutely critical. There are so many people in our own spheres that are dealing with dementia that we don't even know because this is such a shunned disease still. So um, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you also might be listening to the show thinking, hey, what about me? I've got a story to tell, or I have a, I have a business idea, or I've developed a program, and we would love to hear from you. Or maybe you're a family member caring for someone, or maybe you've got dementia, and you've got some thoughts you'd like to share. We would like to hear from all of you. So please go to alzheimerspeaks.com. And in the upper right-hand corner, there's a big contact button. Go ahead and just click on that <clears throat> and reach out to me. And let's discuss having you on the show. Uh, we, Like I said, we'd love to hear everyone's voices. Now, I'm going to shout out to a few organizations that I think a lot of people don't know about but have really great resources. The first is the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. Um, they do a lot of education, but they really focus on holistic information. So um, they'll have diet and exercise and meditation. Um, in fact, I'm going to be involved with them on November 17th. We're going to be doing a teleseminar at 8 Eastern. That's uh, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, and 5 Pacific time. I also want to shout out to the Alzheimer's uh, Foundation of America 
they are kind of coordinating the memory screening week, which will be November 1st through the 7th. And you can uh, find out who in your area is doing memory screenings. I know in Minnesota here, uh, HealthStar Home Health has got quite a few of them online, so you can check with them as well. They have uh, really been kind of leading the pact on on memory screenings. Uh, For those of you who aren't familiar with the Purple Angel Project, that's something you may want to check out as well. Uh, That's the new global symbol for dementia that anybody can use. Just go to alzheimerspeaks.com and go to our initiatives and product projects um, page, and there you'll learn a little bit more about that. And I would be amiss if I didn't give a shout-out to the Twin City Hit Show here on Alive in Social. Um, they, They are on air Monday through Thursday at 930 and the hosts there are Rusty Gatenby, who's a former KSTP reporter, and Colleen Justice, a comedian. And then you've got ex-police sergeant uh, Chuck Gallup. And they are kind of a motley little bunch, uh, but they do a lot of hilarious banter and give you some good information on what's going on in the world today. And uh, I think you would they'll just wake up and, and have, a, have a good time to your morning. Uh, if you missed our last radio show, we did have the Alzheimer's Foundation of America on, and they also talked about their new training program. And you can find uh, you can find that archived um, program on Alive and Social at the Alzheimer's Speaks uh, radio channel. Uh, just go ahead and click on that. I also want to remind people that on um, November 5th at 4 o'clock at Transfiguration uh, Catholic Church in Oakdale, Uh, there is going to be a resource, uh, an educational fair called uh, Savor Your Life Educational and Resource Fair. Uh, You'll hear from a lot of different experts, get a lot of great information, and you can call 651-770-8462 for more information. Our next show, we are going to have singer and songwriter uh, on who have written several songs about dementia. So Baka Sabi will be with us and uh, Dale Butler. So that should be a, a great show. Let me go ahead and introduce our, our guest today. Um, her name is uh, Toby Haberkorn, and she has uh, written a book called When Gra- Grammy Forgets, I Remember a Child's Perspective on Dementia. And uh, Toby has enjoyed a real varied career and pursues her passion for writing books that promote family discussions about difficult issues. And boy, we all need help with that. You know, because oftentimes uh, children see a loved one who is suffering with an illness, um, but the children really aren't part of the family discussion. And I remember that when I was younger as well. And it was very difficult to understand because even though you're a child, you still feel and see the dynamics of the family changing. And so this is a really important topic, you know, for us to to have and to shed some light on, you know, how do you speak to your children or your grandchildren when things are changing and happening to a loved one who's not only important to you, but to them. And so um, with no further ado, I'm going to go ahead and welcome Toby to the program. How are you doing, Toby? I'm fine, and thank you so much for having me. And Lori, your enthusiasm and fine efforts have have so inspired many of us to become involved 
in the Alzheimer's community, and uh, and I thank you for that. Oh, thank you. That's so nice to nice to hear. You know, uh, this has touched me deeply. My mom has had dementia or had had dementia for thirty years. She's been gone uh, almost two years now, and it's it's amazing. Uh, what it does to your life and how you look at things differently. And, um, you know, I, I just think it's so important for us to all share our stories because we have so much to learn from one another and we can help others that are maybe two steps behind us in the journey um, or maybe they're just starting. And I think that that's a, an incredible, you know, hand forward um, lifting people up and um, utilizing what, what may seem very devastating to have a positive effect, um, you know, for others. And, and, you know, for me, and I, I would imagine you feel the same, it enhances your life, too, when you share your story and you know that you're helping someone else. Oh, absolutely. I believe that because we're all on a journey, and the more we can help someone else, it's it's gratifying to us, you know the old story about saying I volunteer, but it does more for me than it does for the person, for the um, agency or person I help. It's the same with sharing a journey. Exactly. Well, Toby, why don't you tell us, you know, um, why did you write the book in the first place? Well, Lori, I can honestly tell you, I never, never thought I'd be writing this book. But life, you know, life is like that. Um, life experiences uh, put you in places that you sometimes thought you never would be. Um, my mother's experience with dementia, vascular dementia, ultimately inspired me to write this book. Uh, for years after my mother's death, I couldn't revisit that painful period in my life. Um, her, her ordeal continued to haunt me. I knew my family had not been alone in facing this devastating disease. I wanted to know how other families coped. So after speaking with families who, who were confronting this, what I consider dreadful disease, I discovered that much like my own family, parents and grandparents were unsure how to discuss dementia with their children. Now we all know that this disease not only affects the person suffering from the dementia, but the entire family, including the children. And sometimes families assume or hope that children do not notice the behavior, uh, the strange behavior uh, with a parent who has dementia and, and seems to have disappeared from their lives. But the reality is, as we all know, children notice everything, and they worry when a grandparent's behavior changes and seems to have disappeared from their lives. Some of the thoughts that may run through their heads could be, oh, my grandmother is very sick. Will I catch it? Will my parents catch it? My grandmother no longer lives in her house. Will we leave our house too? My grandmother is different now. Does she still love me? Mm -hmm. So children think deeply about these kind of changes. And although dementia is an adult topic, I decided to write the book in a simple, straightforward manner that children can understand and hopefully help families discuss this difficult issue. 
Well, I think it's great. I think, um, you know, we need more books out there for children. <clears throat> the other thing that I find is the books for children, a lot of times the adults buy them to to uh, help the children, but the children really give the parents and the adults some new insights in terms of how they look at things because they don't see what we see. You know, um, they they look at they can look at things really differently and and be much more accepting um, sometimes of of a disease and and how it works. And I, I find that just absolutely fascinating. Um, you know, for people. Uh, when they're when they're you know expecting that they're going to be the ones having all the answers, and sometimes the kids have some pretty innocent and fantastic um, messages to deliver us as adults. And I, I don't know if you've I, run into that or not. Yes, I agree with you because I can only speak from my own experience, and that is my mother, who had been very articulate. Uh, a, a woman who enjoyed uh, discussing politics and world events changed completely. And from my perspective as the adult child, it was very hard for me to reconcile with that. It took a long time. Children are much more accepting. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, that is easier for the person with dementia as well as the child, because although the child may remember the grandparent or grandmother um, the way she used to be, quite often they accept her for the person she's become. And I think for the adult child, it's quite a challenge to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's much, much harder. Um, why do you think it's so hard for us as adults to include children in the conversation? Well, I think um, I think most parents are very protective, and they're also unsure how to discuss this difficult topic. This situation reminds me very much of when I was a child, and you vaguely alluded to this in your opening, and that is when I was growing up as a child in the 1950s and 60s, I can remember when my parents suddenly stopped their conversation when I entered the room, or sometimes even giving another adult a raised eyebrow or putting their fingers to their lips and going, shh, not in front of the child. Mm -hmm. So my parents, my parents meant well, but they kept secrets from me. If someone had cancer or another serious disease, I was never told. I attended my first funeral as an adult and had needed to go to many more. My parents believed that they were protecting me. In my childhood, people seemed to disappear from my life. No one spoke about disease or death in my presence. My life revolved around school and after school activities. Even so, my friends and I came up with scenarios that caused us great anxiety. Now today, life is much different. The internet and Google have become the distributors of all knowledge, whether true or not. Children have access to all sorts of information and trying to protect a child from life's grim truths is a tough job and probably not possible. 
I mean, I think life can be harsh, but one learns resilience by facing its realities. So a lot has changed. Um, But parents still try to be protective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember my my aunt, it was my great aunt, had dementia when I was 13. And I'll never forget the day she didn't know my name. And no one could give Mm. me any answers. Everybody just said, well, she's getting old and sometimes people get crazy at the end. And that's all I was told. And, and I was so devastated. I mean, I was so close to her, and I just thought she didn't love me. I thought I did something wrong because she still knew my, my mom and my brothers. And, and out of all of us, I was probably the closest to her, or in my mind I was. And um, I, I was just devastated, just absolutely devastated. And I remember saying, I don't ever want anyone to feel that pain. And then it's kind mm-hmm. of funny where I'm sitting today you know, <clears throat> trying to help people remove the pain and have hope and, and um, acceptance and open conversations. Kind of ironic, you know, and then my mom having the disease for 30 years and um, and seeing people just not talk about it, you know, the embarrassment. And, and nobody should feel embarrassed when they're sick. And, and children are so brilliant. I mean, they can have you know, they can they can be playing with a, a child who's in a wheelchair or having some kind of difficulty, and they they don't even see that. They just they just see someone to play with. Um, you know, they don't see a handicap per se. They still see a whole person, just different, but they you see the whole person still. And I think as yeah. adults, we don't see that whole person. You know, we see a loss. No, I agree with you absolutely. Children have a natural sweetness. Uh, They view the whole person. They don't have the encumbrances that we have as adults. So whether they're looking at a grandparent who has dementia or a child who has a disability, in many ways they're so much more accommodating than we are. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty fascinating to see. Um, the other thing that I think is so important is you see the connection um, that uh, so many people with dementia have with children and the joy that they mm-hmm. get. And when we don't allow them to be around, you know, we're denying we're denying all sides um, a, a piece of joy and um, and peacefulness or the ability to create silly memories, you know, whatever it is, that contentment. And I think that's a huge, huge loss, you know, when we do that. I think that's just a really big loss. What What is your hopes with the book? What would you like to accomplish with it? Well, I certainly, certainly have, um, well, I certainly hope that this book will promote family discussions between parents and children about dementia and compassion because that's extremely important. I want children to be be part of their grandparents' lives and to understand that life is not necessarily rosy, but they, they need to be able to be part of their grandparents' lives and in many ways, continue to give their grandparents joy by just being in their lives. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, that is a, a really um, nice lesson. You know, when you were talking about, 
even the death and dying and, you know, not being around it. Um, that was something for my mom was always really important. And I know that she had a lot of friends that disagreed with uh, her bringing us to wakes and funerals. And, you know, they don't need, they don't need to know that they don't need to see that. And she's like, yeah, they do. They need to know the reality. You know, none of us is getting out of here alive and that this is normal and we shouldn't fear it. And yeah, it's going to be sad. You know, we're going to miss somebody, but it was, it was all about the learning experience about, about life. Um, and you know, life comes wrapped in, you know, the good, the ugly and (laughs) the bad. I mean, that's just, that's life. You know, we're going to have some trying times, but we have to be able to teach our children how to maneuver through life, um, compassionately. And I think that's one of the... Lori, Lori, you are so right about that. I think, obviously, you need to have age-appropriate information, which I, which is what, uh, when my Grammy forgets, I remember, uh, provides. But children cannot be shielded completely from life's harsher moments. Mm-hmm. And I think by preparing them appropriately, they gain resilience, they are compassionate, and they also become empowered by understanding that they have an important to, role to play in the family. I agree. The other thing that I think we greatly forget about is we think we're hiding it from them, and we're not. You know, no, our no. nonverbals, even if we don't talk about it in front of them, they know something's going on. They can feel the energy change. They can feel our sadness um, you know, and our worry and our stress and um, our anxiousness, none of that. We can't hide that stuff. Um, and yet we think if we don't tell them that they won't know. Um, but they do know. They pick up on all that stuff. And uh, But I think there... Go ahead. I think there's, an, there's another factor, and that is not only do they notice, but they worry. Mm-hmm. And if it's a explained appropriately and there's no stigma to it this is a disease like other diseases Um, they feel better about it because children have a tendency to whatever scenario they can visualize it's the most extreme Mm -hmm. so by explaining it in an age-appropriate way not only are you alleviating some of the anxiety but you're helping them to be part of the family and in some ways part of the solution to helping grandma or grandpa meet the challenges of this disease. I agree. I agree. Um, What kind of reaction have you been getting to the book? I've been getting a very positive uh, reaction to it. Um, I've heard that uh, parents are more comfortable speaking to their children about dementia. Uh, the children are asking questions, and, and that's all good. But I've also had some um, responses from teachers. One teacher contacted me, and she said she read the book to her classroom. And I asked her, uh, was there someone in, the, in, in your class who had a family member who has dementia or Alzheimer's in the family? And she said, I don't know. So I said, well, why did you read it? 
And she said, because your book stresses the important values of compassion and kindness. Mm. Wow. And then another, so, so another woman uh, contacted me, and it's been primarily women, uh, who said to me that, uh, that the book is very clear-cut uh, with a healthy grandmother and a not-so-healthy grandmother so that one cannot be in denial about dementia after reading my book. Mm-hmm. Wow. And she had told me that, that her husband had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and her son was in denial. So she gave him this book and his father no longer drives, his father no longer socializes. So many of the aspects of dementia and Alzheimer's, his father was experiencing. So this adult son had to come to the, con- to the conclusion that this is not ordinary aging. Mm-hmm. And then some readers have commented about the relationship between the adult child and the grandmother. Hmm. And I thought this was very interesting. What, what- but my book... Go ahead. I was going to say, what exactly did they say about that relationship? I think what they meant was that the mother felt, felt uh, wanted to do right by the grandmother. Mm-hmm. She wanted to help her mother. And there was a bond between the two. Mm-hmm. And this strong bond resulted in helping the grandmother with her dementia, as well as the granddaughter participating. Okay. So in other words, it was a strong family bond. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's, um, that's very interesting, um, you know, the comments that you're receiving, and I think really, really quite powerful um, in terms of the book itself. One of the things that, that I liked, you know, in the book was um, just the simplicity of it, you know, and talking about the hugs. Do you want to talk about, you have one phrase basically on every page, and it, it turns a little bit as the story changes, um, but can you tell people about the hugs and, and why you felt that was important to to have in the book? Well, although this is not my mother's story, but it is, it is inspired by, by her. My mother was a champion hugger, mm-hmm. and when you hugged, when she hugged you, you could feel the sweetness of her hugs and who she was. The story is quite simple, but it has a refrain. My Grammy hugs me tight. And that goes throughout the story. And there comes a point when not only does my Grammy hug me tight, but there comes a time when the granddaughter says, I hug my Grammy tight. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, and if if you like, I can read... Because the book is so simple, I can read the last page, which I believe is very important to this story. Okay. I feel sad. I remember the way my Grammy used to be. My jokes made her laugh. She is different now, 
but I will always love her. I know my Grammy loves me. I hold her hand and hope she'll smile. We hug each other tight. Yeah, it's just, it's so nice just the way the, the comfort changes in the book, um, mm -hmm. you know, through that little hug. And, um, you know, where Grammy holds her and, you know, help, you know helps her kind of through her day. And then it just, it shifts. I hug my Grammy tight. I just thought that was really cool. And, and very simple, but just showing um, how compassion changes and shifts in a relationship and uh, how we have to be there for one another. But what her grandma taught her in terms of how to care um, really hit me through that. It was, um, you know, it was kind of playback time. I also think if children are not given that opportunity to show compassion, how will they learn it? Mm -hmm. So by allowing them to be part of the grandmother's life or grandfather's life or whoever has a dementia, uh, you're allowing that child to grow and hopefully to grow into a compassionate person, which is a value that I think we all subscribe to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that we it's uh, something we all need, and it's very I think um, under demand and underappreciated until you're really in need of it, and then you realize um, the importance of it and the pricelessness of it, and yet the simplicity of it as well. You know, compassion isn't anything that has to cost any money or even take a lot of time. It's just slowing down enough to make a connection. I mean, a real, a real um, soulful connection, not just a handshake uh, because it's the polite thing to do or even a hug because it's the polite thing to do. But just taking that extra second or two um, in the process uh, makes, a, makes a huge difference um, in how it's perceived and how it's received by the person you're caring I, for. I I think you're absolutely right, and I think as families, uh, we strive to love our dear ones, uh, both in good health and in sickness. And, you know, if we're lucky, we will all age uh, in reasonably good health. But more than likely, dementia will affect our lives. So by including our children in, in the family discussion, we're preparing them to be resilient, kind, and compassionate toward those, and quite possibly even ourselves, mm -hmm. who battle dementia today and maybe even into the future. So in many ways, what we're showing, our, what we're allowing our children to do with someone dear to us who has dementia, this may foreshadow a behavior that they will uh, have toward us. Mm-hmm. So if we want compassionate adult children, we need compassionate younger children. Very true. Very, very true. The other thing I think um, that's interesting, and, and I've seen this um, in my own family, but I've seen it in others as well, is when we let kids in, we give them permission to also care for the care, care partners. 
um, because mm-hmm. they see the difficulty and the struggle as well. And sometimes just getting that extra hug from your child is huge. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Whether you're a caregiver or you're the person with dementia, what a child brings to the equation is just all positive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, well, is there anything else on the book that you wanted to um, discuss that we hadn't talked about? I just, I think it's a great conversation tool. I think it'll help families. I, I love that the schools are utilizing it. Um, I have a granddaughter, and she was uh, at school the other day, and they were all talking about feelings. And I know when I've gone in, and not to the little uh, elementary schools and stuff, but when I've gone into junior high and high school and talked about this um, topic, I mean, even our older kids really struggle with this too. So it's not just little kids that we push away. It's our, it's our adolescents and our young adults even that aren't told all the facts because we don't want to burden them. We don't want to scare them. And yet they're picking up on all the same stuff that all our little ones are picking up on and our friends are picking up on. I mean, I think it's just a a lesson for all of us to have more open conversations um, regarding the disease. I think you're so right. And in the beginning uh, of your segment, you talked about the stigma. And when you discuss it with adults, with family members, and with children, you're removing the stigma. Mm Mm-hmm. You're basically saying, this is a disease that we have to cope with, and hopefully in the future, it, will, it'll be, uh, it won't be around. Hopefully, medical science will find a way to eliminate it. But for now, it is a disease that we have to take care of, and we strive to love our family members and do the best that we can or those that we love. Um, and I think you're right. They're really... Is not that much information, or if there is, not enough people know about it. And when I wrote, uh, when my Grammy uh, forgets, I remember a child's perspective on dementia, I really wrote it with the thought that there's not much out there for younger children, and yet they notice everything, and they can help with a grandparent who has dementia, and they deserve to be part of the discussion. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I, I just I think that that's I think it's great. I mean, it just makes our families closer. Uh, it makes our communities tighter, and it makes us um, less um, less judgmental. You know, when we really understand yeah. what's going on. I mean, we can remove some of the giggling and the pointing and making fun of somebody with dementia because they're struggling with something or they forgot something or, you know, they put something away in a silly place. Um, you know, they can look at that totally different if they're educated and, um, and they can help, you know, they can assist with things to, to bring somebody with, you know, who has dementia, bring them, uh, some more comfort instead of, um, adding to anxiety and, uh, you know, we need to teach our children. We need to teach the adults, Um, And one of the things that I like in terms of working with the kids is I just feel the kids teach the adults so much. You know, they're the ones that got us to wear our seatbelts. They're the ones that got a lot of people to quit smoking. They're, you know, um, from their nagging of what's right, what's wrong, and you have to do it this way. 
And um, I think they're just a brilliant, brilliant um, a little tool out there that can be used um, and to really empower not just them, but everybody they touch by the knowledge they gain. Because kids love to, ch- they love to share knowledge. Um, as adults, we kind of stuff it in, go, yeah, throw it in my mind bank and, and kind of leave it there. And we don't always share. And it's important stuff to share um, because it helps everybody grow. And so um, I think reaching out to the kids is, is great. Now, you also have another book that you've, you've written. Um, do you want to tell people a little bit about that one? Yes, I have another recently published book, a uh, children's book, and it's called Bye Bye Moon. And this book was inspired also uh, by family, by my children, who were Olympic-level complainers about going to bed. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to write a book which uh, offers a lighthearted approach to an issue that is really contentious in a lot of households. Um, You know, it has lovely illustrations. It's about two children who do not want to go to bed, and uh, they wish for the night to end, and it does end. And uh, they see the results of uh, not having a good night's sleep. So I hope Bye Bye Moon helps uh, parents and children find the peace they deserve at bedtime. Well, that sounds like a great book. I've got a granddaughter that struggles sometimes with getting to sleep. <laughs> and that's one I should probably get because uh, she loves she loves her books and uh, things. So, um well, again, I, I thank you so much for, for sharing your book with us. And um, you've got some, uh, some great reviews uh, from people on this. And it's just, it's, it's just a cute, simple little book with a, with a very large message that I think will, will touch many and, and really assist them um, through this process. And, you know, the book itself, even though it focuses, you know, on dementia, um, it, it has lessons for life in general that can be applied. And I think that's one of the things sometimes people forget is pretty much everything you learn with dementia can be applied in other areas of your life. And, um, and I think this is one of them. You know, compassion is something that we, we so need and struggle for, um, you know, especially the way society has gotten. We're so disconnected. And this uh, this disease is really pulling us back together, if we want to or not, um, to to become, uh, you know, there for one another, um, to kind of be that village, uh, to help the next guy through, and hopefully they'll be through if we need them, and and surround mm-hmm. us as well. So um, now to get this book, it is on Amazon, so people can just go to Amazon.com. And type in, when Grammy forgets, I remember a child's perspective on dementia. Um, or you can go to Toby's webpage, which is Toby, T-O-B-Y, and then her last name, H-A-B-E-R-K-O-R-N.com, TobyHabercorn.com. Any last messages that you have for, for our audience, Toby? Yes, I think my um, my last thought would really be that we all know that dementia affects the entire family, and with that being the case, children 
must be included in the family discussion about dementia. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. They're they're a big, a big slice of the pie, and um, they can offer so much that we can't. Um, just because you know they haven't they haven't learned to um, to worry or judge quite as much as we do. Not that kids mm-hmm. don't worry because they definitely do, um, but it's it's in a different fashion um, than mm-hmm. we do, and they don't seem to. Uh, and, and you might disagree with this, but I think especially our younger kids, they don't seem to focus on loss as much as they do as what's still there to mm-hmm. connect, um, no matter what the what the disability or what the disease. They're still looking at how to connect to, you know, what truly exists and what's available to them. And they're um, very comfortable reminiscing, and, and they're also very comfortable um, still laughing and joking around, which a lot of times as adults, I think we think that's not something we should do when someone's ill. Um, and we talk about that a lot on this on the radio show here, that, that laughter is important. It's a core of most of us and something that we all appreciate. And, and kids, you know, can be silly much easier, I think, than most of us adults can because we've learned not to be. We've, you know, we've learned to be serious, so... So um, I thank you for sharing your book again with us. And again, the title of the book is When My Grammy Forgets, I Remember a Child's Perspective on Dementia. And again, you can get that at Toby's website or you can uh, go to Amazon.com and order that book as well. Or you know, maybe it's something you even want to donate to a library or a school close to you. Um, you know, buy one mm-hmm. for yourself and get another one and drop it off at a school. They're always looking you know, for, for more books uh, that can help people. So that would be a, that would be a nice holiday gift idea uh, for, uh, to be able to, to uh, donate that. So, well, thank you so much, Toby, for your time today. Really appreciate it very much. And um, I hope you have a great week. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Um, for those of you uh, that um, <clears throat> were joined us on Dementia Chats this morning, um, we just had a really interesting conversation about tips for people living with dementia. We talked about the holidays coming up, some tips there, and then also doctor's appointments and what, what medical clinics and doctors and nurses uh, can do to make uh, life with dementia a little bit easier when somebody comes into their, their office. I'll be posting that recording a little later today. And um, in November, I'm still struggling on how I'm going to get the two dementia chats in. One, I'm going to be traveling, and then I have jury duty. So uh, we may end up doing replays in November on dementia chats, but we will keep you posted on that. On the blog, if you haven't uh, checked that out lately, there's some um, good interviews. One was on... uh, the 24th with the Aging Boomer radio show. And uh, Frank Sampson, the founder of Senior Care Authority, interviewed Holly Eide from Hellstar Home Health and myself. And we just had a really kind of fun conversation. On the 23rd, Share Care Radio with Dr. Uh, Daria um, had an ex- Ask the Expert um, session and uh, I was honored to be that that expert and that's just a small just short little um, quip of 10 minutes Uh, there's also on the 22nd I did a post about a really cool short film 
that is available on YouTube called Inside My Being. Uh, again, it's called Inside My Being. I am going to be having the director on the show um, in about a month, but it is just a really cool film that is done um, uh, just in a really brilliant way, very, very different, giving insights of what's going on in a mother and daughter's minds as they are caring for one another um, through her mother's journey. There is also um, a shout-out on the 20th asking for your support. Uh, that the true voices of dementia be heard with NAPA, which is our National Alzheimer's Plan Act. They have regular meetings, and uh, those with dementia are calling for teleconferencing options so more people around the country can participate in, uh, in letting their perspectives be heard. And we would love you to send an email to NAPA uh, stating such, uh, requesting that they start doing this teleconferencing. It's simple technology. There's absolutely no reason they shouldn't be able to, to put that in play. Their email address is NAPA, N-A-P-A, that's N-A-P-A, at H-H-S dot gov. So N-A-P-A at H-H-S dot gov. Um, and we would love, love your support on that. I want to also give a couple of shout-outs to Mortgages and BS here at Alive and Social. Uh, they, are, uh, <clears throat> they are on the air Thursdays at 4 o'clock. And their hosts are Tom Smith, who is a mortgage expert, and radio personality Brian Turner, known as BT. And you can listen to these two unique personalities discuss the relevant issues pertaining to home ownership mixed in with a course of spattering of BS. Um, I think you'll enjoy the show. Again, it's called Mortgages and BS, uh, Thursdays at 4 o'clock uh, Central Time here on Alive and Social. And then there's Apples to Apples, which has uh, Scott and Drew Applebaum, father and son team, uh, who just kind of banter back and forth regarding sports um, on uh, Alive and Social. And their show airs every Monday at 2.30. So again, I think that's something you'd like. If you are in Minnesota and uh, November 5th, please come to Transfiguration Catholic Church at 4 o'clock from 4 to 8.30. There will be the Savior Your Life Educational and Resource Fair you're going to hear, um, I'm going to be there as one of the keynoters, but there's, there's going to be a panel of experts talking about housing and retiring wisely, fall prevention, um, options on remaining in your home, um, reverse mortgages. They're also going to be talking about the Own Your Future um, plan for long-term care here in Minnesota. And then many people are emailing me, asking me about how they can see the new dementia film um, uh, called His Neighbor Phil. And on the 29th, we're going to be showing that from 2.30 to 4.30 at Polar Ridge. That's going to be for healthcare professionals because we are providing CEUs on that one. On November 12th at 6.30, it'll be at J. Arthur's Coffee Shop in Roseville. And in, let's see, uh, November 2nd, it'll be out in Blaine and December 2nd in Invergrove Heights. And you can go to alzheimerspeaks.com. Again, go to our initiatives and projects page and just click on the tab about the film for more information. Until next week, um, 
Have a wonderful and uh, blessed time. Talk to y'all soon. Bye now. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.